With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside FM allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. I'm Josh and I'm joined by my co-host Alex here on, I want to say it's episode number 133 of the Giant Take Podcast. We are here for you yet again to talk New York Giants football somehow, some way. We're here. We're connected in this, uh, in this, little, in this little podcast. So we hope you enjoy listening. Uh, we do recaps, previews, all that stuff. So please subscribe and uh, stay in tuned with all your Giants content. And before we talk Giants Chargers, before we talk NFL picks, because we don't have much for you here in this intro because we have a wonderful interview with Snacks. Very enjoyable. And to all the Giants fans who have been suffering just like us throughout this point, don't worry. That's basically the interview. We get to all of it. Uh, Joe Judge, Chargers, Game, John Mara, Dave Gettleman, Kenny Galladay, Leonard, everything. It's in there, okay? So just wait around. You'll be there. But first of all, my co-host, Alex, how are you, my friend? I'm not doing great. I don't know why we're still here doing this, but we are because we love this team and it's terrible. I'm, I'm aching inside talking about it. It's just awful. And, and, and Sunday's just going to be a bad day, but we're going to be here Sunday again for some reason. I don't know why. We have to be here. It's like it's something in, in drenched in our hearts. That's not even a word. It's in our hearts and we can't stop. Okay, we're addicted. We're addicted to this football team for no reason whatsoever. And it's it's a problem, but we're here again to talk about them. And uh, it was fun. Well, it was fun talking with snacks. Um, not necessarily the topics, but definitely with snacks. It was definitely enjoyable. And if you want to hear us suffer, 
then uh, you can, you know, make sure to keep listening and uh, make sure to uh, stick around for the interview because it was a lot of fun. So let's go to the let's go to the news. Obviously, thing is, Daniel Jones has quote unquote structural damage in his neck, which does not sound good. Joe Judge uh, actually talked about that and said when it came when it comes to Daniel Jones being injured before the Eagles game, that's completely inaccurate. You know, it's also inaccurate saying that your team did well offensively when you only scored nine points on three field goals. That's inaccurate to me. Trying to save your own job at that point. Also, when it comes to Joe Judge, uh, he got an update on Daniel Jones, and I believe this is on Jones uh, saying, quote, in terms of the update right now, he still hasn't been cleared for contact. Head coach Joe Judge told reporters on Wednesday. He'll continue to go through practice like he did last week. He'll throw with the team. He'll move. He's in all the meetings. We'll see if anything changes in terms of his status, but he has not been cleared for contact. Uh, another thing when it comes to injury news, Kadarius Tony, he'll be in our injury report that Alex loves to read out here. So that'll be coming up for you very shortly. Hope you enjoy that coming soon. Uh, Kadarius Tony left practice early today when recording on Thursday with an oblique injury. So the guy can't stay off the field in a game. Well, he can't even stay off. He can't even stay on. Let me rephrase that. He can't even stay on the NFL field. Well, he can't even stay on the practice field either, so that's going to be a problem as well. It seems like he could be okay for this week. We'll have to see. When it comes to things going on with the Los Angeles Chargers, our opponent for this weekend, Mike Williams, the star wide receiver, as well as the defensive back Chris Harris Jr. are on the COVID-19 list as of now, but both do have a chance of playing, I think, due to their vaccine status. I believe they are both vaccinated, so they have a chance to play on Sunday, although I'm not 100% sure with that. And with that, I mean, Alex, as long as you're ready to roll to it, if you have anything else, you can let us know, but I'll send it to you with your injury report on the New York Giants and Los Angeles Chargers heading into this weekend's matchup. So the Giants, uh, we have Thursday's injury report here, did not practices. We only have a Dory Jackson with a quad injury, limited practice. We have Saquon Barkley, ankle, Mike Glennon, concussion. Kenny Galladay, rib, Daniel Jones, neck, Sterling Shepard, quad, and Kadarius Tony oblique. Chargers, we've got Austin Eckler with a limited practice due to an ankle injury. Our old friend Kyler Fackrell, uh, knee injury, did not practice either on Wednesday. Josh, you got anything? I just want to make it clear that we're recording this on Thursday night. It'll come out Friday, but the injuries when it comes to this on the practice field happened on Wednesday for the Chargers. So let's just make that clear. We don't have the injury report for yes. Thursday. Sorry. I should have clarified that. Yes. This is Wednesday's injury report. Um, Matt Feller, guard, ankle injury, full practice, though. Oh, God. Alohi. Gilman, um, safety with a quad injury, did not practice Wednesday. Uh, and uh, when and not Wednesday, Justin Jones, Alex, defensive lineman. We got yes. breaking news. Uh-oh. I got the injury report for Thursday. Okay, well, you you got the injury report. Why don't you read it out? Sorry, there? I don't mean to take your spot. <laughs> I know. I I'm know, sorry. Let's let's go to it real quick. Uh, Austin Eckler. Limited practice he had on Wednesday, same thing on Thursday with the ankle injury. Kyler Fackrell, our former friend, knee injury, did not practice on Thursday as well as Wednesday. Ankle injury for Matt Feller, the guard, full practice both days. Oh, same thing here. Alohi Gilman, uh, quad quadricep injury, did not practice both days. Justin Jones, ankle injury, didn't practice on Wednesday. Well, he had a limited practice today on Thursday. Linval Joseph, shoulder injury, limited practice both days. Corey Lindsley, 
uh, back injury, limited practice on Wednesday, full practice today on Thursday when we're recording. Trey Marshall, ankle injury, full practice both days. And Asante Samuel Jr., uh, cornerback, concussion, limited practice both days. And Alex, you already went through the... um, Went through the injuries there for the New York Giants. So speaking of injuries, let's talk about Mike Glennon, right? With the concussion protocol, all of that, he's got to be cleared in order to play on Sunday. Who would you rather have starting as your quarterback? That's one. I'll go first. I want Jake Fromm to get a chance because I'd not like how Mike Glennon looked whatsoever. Not saying Fromm's going to look any better. Also, this game doesn't matter because last week we could have been closer to the quote unquote in the hunt where everything went right for the Giants, especially with the Lions winning. And we weren't able to capitalize. So now the season's over for me. And now it's all about the off season. But I would like to see what Jake Fromm has compared to Mike Lennon. So going back to my original question, who would you rather see at quarterback, Alex? Get Jake Fromm on the field. Mike Lennon sucks. That's all I need to say. <laughs> it's literally, there's nothing else to say. Jake Fromm, Mike Lennon sucks. Why not give this guy a chance? Yeah, why not? You know, give him some play time. Obviously, the fifth round pick, Bill's practice squad, all that good stuff. So uh, we can do that. Are you ready for our NFL picks, honestly? Because uh, we do do our Chargers preview as well as our score predictions with snacks in the uh, in the preview with him. So, Alex, as long as you're yeah. ready to go for it, let's let's do our picks. I'm all ready. Last week, you have our uh, results from last I week. I do have our results from last week. Uh, our results from last week. It's crazy. We we. <laughs> I, I love how I say it every week. We try. We're trying our best. Trying okay? so We're trying our best to, to separate each other, do different picks, and it never works out because somehow it's still averaged out to both of us going seven and five last week. So that's the update there. Thursday night football hasn't happened yet for us, so we don't know. So that's why we're going to do it. By the time you're listening, you're going to know what happened. So you can talk about how wrong we were, how right we were. Uh, I do Thursday and then one o'clock games, and then Alex proceeds through there. So I will start. Steelers, Vikings. We both had the Vikings win in that one. Saints, Jets. I made my mistake last week going with the Jets. Not going to make that same mistake this week because New York teams, football-wise, suck. Falcons, Panthers. Both had the Falcons winning that game. One after that is going to be Seahawks, Texans. We both had the Seahawks winning that one. And then Chiefs, Raiders. We both had the Chiefs winning that one. Ravens, Browns. We don't split on that. We both had the Ravens winning. That's interesting. Alex, I was going to go with the Cowboys or the Washington football team here. Cowboys-Washington football team on Sunday, obviously in-division matchup. I was like, do I go with Washington to to do the upset? Alex actually goes with Washington. I go with the Cowboys. I switched my pick. Uh, Originally, I had Washington, wrote them down and everything, then I switched it. Um, Titans, Jaguars, we both have the Titans winning that one. Lions, Broncos. (laughs) Uh, 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 Oh, my God. I, I, I suck. I suck. You can't you can't do that. You can't do that. Lions, Broncos, starting the four o'clock matchups here. Uh Josh has the Lions because he's on that. He's 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 on that Lions Lions. I'm trend, riding the so hot hand. Lions. Dan Campbell, let's do it, baby. Let's go. <laughs> and I'm gonna be going with the Broncos because I'm not insane. Um and moving on, obviously we talk about the Giants Chargers at the end of the snacks interview, so make sure to stay tuned for that. And 49ers, Bengals, um, and we both went with the Bengals here. Still the most overrated team in football, but I'm going to go with them. Anyway, Bills, Buccaneers, this looks like it's going to be a good one. Josh has the Bucks, and I think the Bills bounce back here. Uh, you know, yes, it's a short week, um, but got to get that win, and sometimes you bounce back. So Bills over the Buccaneers for me. 
Packers Bears. I think all Giants fans are going to be Packers fans, uh, and we think the Packers are going to win, both of us. And Monday Night Football, I think this is going to be a good game as well. Uh, well, the Bears-Packers game hopefully won't be a good game. Um, and Rams-Cardinals, uh, we both have the Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray back, obviously, for the Cardinals as the starter after being out injured. So that should be a very good game. And that is our uh, end of our pick segment. And we uh, thank you so much for listening up until this point. And we keep on saying, stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. So enough of that. Enjoy uh, enjoy our interview, Josh Alex with Snacks, BDGE, all that good stuff. Uh, Bleeding Blue, I, I mentioned in like a few seconds. So just stick around, listen, and enjoy. <laughs> Welcome back to the Giant Take Podcast. We are now joined by our friend, a very special guest. How many times have you been on here, Snacks? I'm trying to like think about it. Maybe twice, three times? I'm, I'm going to say this is my third, excluding the 15 minutes of the live I came on for the right, Kansas for the City game, I want to say. The Kansas City game? And you came oh, and on draft. For, you did a draft preview with me, yeah, too. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So third time, I guess. Love it. Love it. Love you. Wonderful. Guys. You can go follow Snacks on Twitter at Snacks underscore BDGE. Fade the Public, Bleeding Blue, and also Intermediate Co-Host on the <laughs> Talking Giants podcast. That was a great mailbag episode that you did this week with Justin. Had some fun with Justin, yes. That was really cool. So uh, how are you doing, man? Doing good. Um, other than our dog shit team being <laughs> dog shit, I'm doing really good. Uh, everything is good by me. Um, you know, work, life, everything is everything's fun. I'm sleeping well, eating terribly, but that's okay. So yeah. Everything is everything's going well. Cannot complain. How are you guys doing? I can't imagine I'm doing well, but I can't imagine you slept well Sunday night. No, absolutely not. I think I slept for an hour. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, you, I don't count Sundays as sleep nights when, yeah. when the Giants lose. It's uh, it's very painful and uh, just a miserable experience. And sometimes you just you know you want to punish yourself for playing so poorly, even though you didn't actually play that you you don't sleep, and that's what I did. So. <laughs> It's tough getting up on Mondays after that. Oh, it's, it's real tough. It's oh, terrible. It's, it's, it's brutal. It's, just, it's brutal. I'm done with it. I can't do it anymore. Can't wait till the season's over. I'm jealous of like the Cardinals fans or who who else is doing really good at the moment or the Patriots fans the, who just wake up every Monday and they're just loving life. Ugh. We have the a Bucks, friend. The Packers. The, the, the Patriots is what pisses me off the most because you lose Tom Brady, you rebuild for a year, you draft quarterback, now you're 9-4 and four, number one seed in the AFC. It's unbelievable. We have we have a friend at school who's a Patriots fan, and he you know he comes to school every Monday with a big smile grin on his face. It pisses me off. Yeah. But, Next yeah. time, just punch him in the face. Yeah, I'll, I'll see about that. I'll Where, where's the Pat sweatshirt? Yeah, ah, snob. Mac Jones calls Zach Wilson a better quarterback than DJ every week. Which um, I mean, it's true, but <laughs> well, Sad I mean, truth. we could talk about. We could talk about that first. I mean, how bad New York football teams are, how both of these teams have combining records of losing season after losing season after losing season. Obviously, one team in a different way than the other, just starting a rebuild, you can say, hiring Rob Sala. They can have an excuse for being this way. Although, John Marr said, this is a playoff team, right? We're we're looking to contend for the playoffs. Well, John, how about you sit back in your chair and, and have another drink? Because 
it's not going that way this season. And although if we won that game against the Dolphins, everything went the right way for the Giants. The goddamn Detroit Lions got their first win on the season. And yet we're still here, right? Not in the hunt for the wild card. And practically with having Mike Glennon or Jake Fromm start this football game on Sunday against the Chargers, whoever it is, the goddamn quarterback does not matter because this team is fried. This team is in the mud. It's not going well. So I just want to have your take on where, what the hell do we do on Sunday snacks? Like what, what do we do as fans of this team? Do we root for them? Do we root for them to lose at this point? I don't understand what, what to do. Yep. So that was a perfectly worded rant and probably sums up every Giants fan's thoughts in one summation. So great job with that. And this is the million dollar question. So in my life, I have never rooted for the Giants to lose ever. Um, I don't care like draft picks and whatnot. I get it. I get the benefit of a higher draft pick in the top 10 needing blue, blue chip players to rebuild this team. But Mike Lennon, Jake from Jake Plummer, Trent Dilfer, Shane Falco, whoever starts on Sunday, I, I can't sit there and, and hope they lose. I can't. Now you asked me this. No, I, I, no, I can't because I'm not going to want to lose to Philly or Washington or Dallas or Chicago. Cause we've got to beat Chicago. So that their drip draft pick can be higher. I, I can't, I can, I, I just physically can't root for loss. I'm going to hope Mike Lennon or Jake Fromm plays well. Um, I'm going to root for a win. I'm going to root for them to win their last five games and whatever happens. Obviously, it's not going to happen, but you know what I mean. Um, I'd like to see I'd like to see something out of the running game. The, the Chargers' run defense is, is atrocious. I think they give up over 130 yards on the ground a game. Um, it, it would be nice to get something going. Maybe the offensive line gets a little bit of confidence and uh, and having an 80 plus yard rusher behind them. Um, but it, it really is. It's all a mess. It's it's all very very broken. Um, I. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm rooting for a loss, but what I'd like to see is is a good game come down to the fourth quarter. And if it's another heartbreaking loss, so be it. You know, it's not going to crush us mentally, spiritually, physically, um, emotionally like it it did against Atlanta and against Washington earlier in the season because it's our it's now a lost season. Um, so if they can get to the fourth quarter, hold tight with with a you know a potential playoff team traveling in the in the sense that they did this week, um, I will I'll be happy. I don't know. I still can't take those heartbreaking defeats. I know. I know. I know. I can't. It's just, it's just, uh, you know, even I, the I, non heartbreakers, I was just sitting there on my couch for like an hour after the game. Like I was literally just sitting stunned. there. Yeah. <laughs> just like in dead silence stunned. And, and, and you know what? No, you're right. Now the heartbreaking loss in itself to me, I guess saying that I, I take it as um, it's, I guess it'll be easier to have a heartbreaking loss like that with Mike Glennon or Jake Fromm under center. Whereas if it was another heartbreaking loss with, with Jones under center, then it's demoralizing because you know, we were trying to evaluate him and if he could win games, if he could close out games, unfortunately the injury is killing that theory. So um, I, I guess with the backup quarterbacks, neither of which will be on the team next year. If we have a heartbreaking loss with them, um, it won't be too as demoralizing as it would be with Daniel. Does it make it feel any less of a win if we get a win with with either of these quarterbacks? Like we've been saying, because you know we're we're kind of questioning Daniel Jones at the moment. We're questioning: Do we pick a quarterback in this not good class of quarterbacks? Trade for Russell Wilson? I mean, right? Oh, he's up for a trade to the Giants. Will they yeah. do it? Yeah, yeah like yeah. Well, I, I don't even know what that is. But but does, is it even a lesser? Like if we 
are able to somehow win against the Chargers with Jake Fromm under center. Is that like, all right, we got to win, but like, how how good is you know Jake Fromm going to be on this team next year? Like, he's not going to be there. It's such a good question because you you know you're going to win, and then an hour later you're going to ask yourself, what the hell was the point of that? <laughs> so you go from the sixth pick to to the to the eighth or ninth pick now from with a guy under center that's not going to be on the team next year. So you're right. It could you're going to be happy at the, at the final whistle if they win the game, but then you'll probably take a step back, look yourself in the mirror and be like, well, shit, I don't think that helps us at all. I don't think that's any good. Now, if, you know, Kenny Galladay catches a touchdown, has eight catches over hundred yards, that's a positive sign. If Aziz has two sacks, if the defensive line is getting pressure and uh, an interception from McKinney, if you have guys that are here in the future that are making plays and helping you win a game, then it's a little bit of a different story. You know what I mean? So I, I'm not going to sit here and, and blow smoke up anybody's butt, but Mike Glennon or Jake Fromm are not winning that game on their own. <laughs> you know, they're not putting the Giants on their back and winning a game. So you're going to need a, a defensive line to, to generate pressure. You're going to need turnovers and things like that are, are, are good for, you know, the mental uh, welfare of, of these players who are going to be on the team next year. And um, I'm always of the belief that winning – it always goes a long way. At some point, you're going to have to learn how to win games. And a lot of this roster is is signed through next year, too. So um, the more losing, the more demoralizing it gets. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. It does kind of take a, a little bit away from the excitement, um, a win with Mike Glennon or Jake Fromm. Now, if it's Daniel, it's a different story. Then you go out there, you're like, win a game? Absolutely. Let's go. Let's go. But, yeah, it's uh, it's quite the fine line where to really and, and last thing I, I'm not going to blame anybody for rooting for a loss I mean at this point that you know at this point there's really only one argument that losing is, is the best thing for us to do if you're not a believer in Joe Judge and they lose out he probably gets fired if you know you want a higher draft pick you got to lose out so it's it's just a very fine line of, of where they are where we are as a franchise and what this fan base wants and um, what to really look for or be excited for on Sunday. And when I, you know, after last week's loss, I've kind of been looking into the draft a bit because, you know, I just need to look at something that's exciting and positive. That's not the next five weeks, if we're being honest. You know, I, the way I look at it, at least initially, I haven't really looked deep into it yet. But, the, you know, there's a there's a decent drop off from like those top, like, you know, six, seven, eight guys and then the rest. When, you know, you got those three edge rushers, obviously Hutchinson uh, at the top of those. You got, you know, a few O-linemen and you got, you know, a couple pieces in the secondary. But then after that, it kind of it kind of falters a bit. So I think it is important that being perhaps at like the eighth pick versus like the 10th or 11th pick could be a big difference. Um, You know, kind of like how it was a couple years ago with Chase Young, right? If we were a couple picks more up. Would have gotten Chase Young. Yeah, if we lose that it, game against Washington, we have Chase yeah, Young. Yep. Yeah, we have yep. Chase Young, but uh, you know Andrew Thomas working out okay, so it's okay. But yeah, I mean the the draft is going to be. I think this is going to be the most important draft that we've had. Oh, in a while. without a doubt. Yep. Yep. More important than 2019 with Daniel Jones. More important than 2018, even with the second pick, because having two early picks is going to be really big to turn this thing around. Yep. And like we were saying in the beginning, you need those blue chip players, and those two top 10 picks presumably which i think we all are in agreement they will be top 10 picks they one of them has to go to offensive line and one of them has to go to edge rush now 
I could even be sold on both top 10 picks going to the offensive line. I, w- I wouldn't even be mad because you have one building block at left tackle and then that's it. You're going to, you might need four new starters. Nick Gates had a horrific injury, which sucks because he was really coming into his own as a good offensive lineman. And he probably is never going to be the same. So you're looking at needing four new starters on the offensive line. And the, with how bad it is, you can't tell me that taking two in the top 10 is like the worst thing that this team could do. You can't. The secondary to me is fine. Yes, we de- we definitely need like a thoroughbred pass rusher. But if you retain Patrick Graham and Joe Judge, I do trust Patrick Graham to have a, a defense work just fine without a bona fide edge rusher. And Ojalari will be in year two. You have Leonard Williams. Quincy Roche has looked very good. So uh, I'm having a hard time think that they shouldn't take two offensive linemen with those two picks. Because then, theoretically, those pan out. You got three-fifths of your offensive line. You know? You, you, give me, you give me three good offensive linemen, that's more than the Giants have had in the last 10 years combined. So um, it's kind of where I'm at with the draft right now. I, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. That's what we need so desperately, and this team is never going to function right without one. So um, I, I'm all for pouring my resources into that, into rebuilding that offensive line. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But what I would say is that you're more likely to find, uh, you know, a gem later in the draft at offensive line, even if that means second round somewhere mm-hmm. like that, ra- than you are to find, you know, a supreme edge rusher later in the draft. So Correct. for me, if I was drafting, I don't know exactly where we're going to be drafting, et cetera. But from the base, just looking at it basic, I'd say we get hopefully we're in a position to draft one of, you know, probably not the top two, but the who's the guy out of Purdue? Uh, Carlo Fittis, I, I don't know how to say his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yep. He's but, like the other. He's like the third, the the, the next yeah. tier of the guy. Yeah, but but I'd say you go with someone like him or the top two guys as you because I think you got to take edge first, and then next three picks you take O line. Yeah, you know, back no, to back to back. Alex, that's completely fair, and yeah. I, and I'm with you, and that's why my my first thought was one has to be O line, one has to be edge. Um, yeah. I, I again, I haven't really. I, I know you were saying it for too. I haven't really done a lot of studying or homework on any of these guys on the edge or on the offensive line. Uh, I just know like the the four or five studs, um, and I, it really depends where we're drafting and who's in front of us. Because obviously, it's looking like Aiden Hutchinson's going number one, unless Detroit shocks everybody and takes a quarterback, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, you know, then you're looking at Jacksonville, who's got their quarterback. They're going to want to beef up the offensive line. Um, Houston, who the hell knows what Houston's going to do? They need a quarterback, but are they going to pass on uh, on a Kayvon Thibodeau? You know, it's it's very it's a very difficult thing, and so much is going to happen before the draft and, and everything. So um, it, it's definitely a wait and see game right now. But I I if you were if you were to put a gun to my head and say what what are you looking for? I'm going edge, offensive line, or offensive line edge in that order. Um, and you, you, we got to beef up these trenches. Have to. And you're mentioning offensive linemen. We took that risk this past uh, draft. Drafting KT, uh, Kadarius Tony in the first round. The the trading back part of that was was great. You know, Gettleman did did a good job. Didn't get fleeced as he as he was saying before the draft. Yep. He was able to get the guy that he wanted at KT in in whatever it was twenty two, but. Now we have two picks, like hopefully projected in the top 10. Hopefully they're going to be in the top 10. But 
But we took that risk because, you know, we're going to be a quote-unquote playoff team. Kadarius Tony is going to help us be a playoff team. Well, now we can't string together more than five wins, and Kadarius Tony can't keep himself on the field. As we've seen today, we're recording this Thursday night. It'll be out Friday. He's got an oblique injury. He left practice early today in Arizona. So the man can't stay on the field, hasn't played more than three games this season. Something like that. Yeah, three and a half maybe. He can't. He, he left after the first series in the Rams game. So, so it right now... Not panning out, not panning out the way we want it to happen. So I, it's it's salty because, like you're saying, it's amazing having the Bears' first round pick this coming year. But whoever that pick is, better be an All Pro like Rashawn Slater is at, at our weakest position. You know what I mean? Or a uh, Mika Parsons, who's an edge rusher that we could have used. You know the the process of trading back and, and acquiring that extra pick and and the extra uh, I want to say extra third that we got or four, whatever it was is great. And Kadarius Tony, when healthy, we see guy's a ball player. He's a playmaker. But one, he can't stay healthy. And two, Mika Parsons and Rashawn Slater that you could have drafted are absolute studs 11 games in, uh, 12, 11 games into their careers. So, you know, it's, it's a very, it's a very fine line. And, and whatever comes of Chicago's first round pick, all I'm saying right now is they better be really good. Really, really good. Because. We are going to look at this Sunday what really good offensive line play looks like in Rashawn Slater. We have seen what really good linebacker slash edge rusher play looks like in Mika Parsons. So um, while it's salty and I'm not going to say I hate it, but there's got to be some revisionist history and looking hindsight 2020 as to not taking one of those two studs. But we will see how it all pans out. And, and of I course, always, oh, oh, you go. Yeah, okay. Sorry. No, I'm just gonna say, out of every freaking team, of course, Micah Parsons is the one to go to the of Cowboys. Course, yeah. yeah, of course. Like with Sean Slater being on the Chargers, whatever. You know, he, he we see him once every four years, fine. But the fact that Parsons is gonna wreak havoc against the Giants for years to come is is so annoying. So annoying. Yeah, I remember originally watching that first game of the season. It was Thursday night. And he looked like a bit off, kind of, because, you know, he's playing Tom Brady, right? Yep, yep. In coverage. I was like, oh, yeah, look at this. Gettleman's a genius. He didn't, yep. he didn't pick this fool. And then, of course. Now he's like a candidate for, for not only defensive rookie of the year, but defensive player of the year. <laughs> so it's, it's really – Alex, it's so funny you're saying that because I remember um, I think one of my tweets during that game was like, wow, Mika Parsons cannot cover a soul. And sure enough, here we are. He's really good. And also who we passed on, who, you know, maybe hasn't been Rashawn Slater level, but I think it's been okay, pretty decent. Christian Darisaw, the tackle, um, who went yep. two picks later. And in hindsight, did we really need a receiver or we could have really used that right tackle? Nate Solder has been driving us Giants fans nuts. He is, he is, he has demoralized this offense to the same level as Jason Garrett has. Just not being able to function or do anything when... The right tackle is being beat in less in less than one second, so it, it's preposterous. And while Darisaw is no, not near the level of Slater at pick twenty to bookend him with Andrew Thomas, not too shabby for the next seven to ten years. Damn it! <laughs> Sorry, Sorry again. I've waited long enough. I have to go to it now. You 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 saw my video. I know you did. My one-minute video recapping after with Joe Judge and how sick I am of this goddamn head coach. I've said it so many times on this podcast this year. So I need to ask you about it because you are you get to as close as that level, if not higher than that level, of 
yelling as a Giants fan, basically, and getting absolutely pissed, as was I and have been this whole year with Joe Judge. So I leave it to you, Snacks. What are your thoughts on Joe Judge right now? Yep. Yep. So I, I if you read my write-up notes after games, I have um, – I, this is the biggest L I've taken in a long time because I was tweeting and on video about how much this guy is going to save this franchise, how uh, I love the process, I love the culture he's building, I love all this, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's all well and good. But when you follow up a 6-10 and 10 season when you should have been 9-7, and seven, only to do this this year and the conservative play calling, the conservative style... Fourth and two from the Dolphins, 47 last week. They didn't go for it. Disgusting. With your defense playing as well as they were. It, 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 the childish answers when he's talking to us like we're stupid after the game. I get it. It's coach talk. What do you want him to say? I want you to let a fire under these guys' ass, okay? You, you did that after the Bucks game and you fired Jason Garrett the next day. Light a fire under the guys' asses that Saquon Barkley dropping passes. Nate Solder can't block. It just It's all been so infuriating and... um. Listen, I like Judge. I I do. I think he brings a lot of good things to the table, but those good things do not outweigh the bad, and the bad is costing us games. So I I'm officially I, I'm Josh. I'm with you. I, I hate admitting I'm wrong. Who likes it? Who likes admitting that? But I I'm out. I there's going to be a new general manager, and I hate the idea of hiring a general manager and forcing them to keep the head coach. The general manager coming in should be able to have full authority on who he wants as the head coach and hire his own guy so they're lockstep in thinking uh, with with scouting and and drafting and free agency and everything like that. So I I think it's a recipe for disaster. And for for that reason, I I think it's done. The marriage is over. It was two years. It just seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. And yes, I get it. The Giants have been brutally riddled with injuries this year. I get it. But you also were in games when people were healthy and you didn't finish them, you didn't close them because you had a, a, a bad bad coaching style, a misused timeout, a missed challenge, not going for it, not being aggressive. So he has lost us games, and I don't think that can continue. So I am I'm officially out. I, I don't want him to be the coach of the Giants anymore. Yeah, we saw some good things out there. You know, nine points, no <laughs> touchdowns. Gus, I saw some good things out there on offense. Yeah, yeah. What, what the hell did you see, Joe? What? What game were you watching? Were you watching the same? Was he was he on the Microsoft Surface watching another game in the NFL at that point? Because I didn't see it. I didn't see anything good on offense. If you want to talk about your special teams, your praise, love special teams, yeah, Graham Gano's nailing kicks left and right because that's all we do. We kick field goals because we can't go for it on fourth down, like you were saying. And that's a, that's such a great point too. He's a special teams coach, by the way. Gano missed the field goal at the end of the, at the end of the game, but who really cares about that? Game is over. He's a special teams coach. We sign special teams players that we could sign one-year deals for, for an edge rusher or, an, or a better offensive lineman. But we sign gunners on the punt team. The special team sucks! <laughs> I mean, like, if you're going to do... If this team is going to have one phase of the game that's even remotely good, how is it not your unit, your special teams? It's embarrassing. They punted it. The fourth and two I'm talking about, they punted it for field position, right? Because he wanted to flip the field. They wanted to pin him back. It was a touchback. Ball's the 20-yard line. Ew. What? So you did all that. You did all that. Don't go for it. When your offense is struggling, you need a spark. You need points. Your defense is playing well. You do that for 20 fucking yards. Oh, excuse my language. I'm sorry. I'm pissed. You do all that for 20 yards, a touchback. 
Come on. Embarrassing. <laughs> and, and it kind of show, goes to show partially why Joe Judge needs to be gone. And you look at the difference in certain rosters, right? This Giants roster, you know, I know a lot of people are like, you know, we just need to, we need to trade everyone. We need to, you know, rebuild this all again. This team is not that bad, right? In terms of player. No, talent-wise, no, yeah. Yeah. And you look at teams such as the Vikings, right? Who probably have talent. They're, they're playoff contender caliber, right? If not even going closer to almost Super Bowl contender in terms of the talent they have. But Mike Zimmer and his coaching staff, he's ruined that team, right? Matt Nagy, he's ruined that team in Chicago. They have more talent than their record shows. But then you look at a team with much less talent, like the Patriots, for example, and they're running rampant over the entire league. Great coach. So it shows how important coaching is. And Joe Judge said, you know, we need to teach the players, blah, blah, whatever, all the bullshit he said, right? And now he's not following through on it. And he he needs to go. And, and we need to bring in a GM. Because this team's not that far from being fixed. We're an O-line, a quarterback. I know that sounds like a lot now that I'm saying it. And a, and a couple players on defense to really make this into a contending team. So it's it's not like we need to blow the whole thing up. We've got plenty of pieces that work. We just need to we need to be better coached and better organized and make sure we hit on our picks and in free agency. Yep, absolutely. And like we don't play we don't play in in the AFC North where everybody's just like a, like a beast or, or some other division. The division's up for grabs, and they have like you were saying, Alex. They have talent on both sides of the ball, like the O line. And we were saying before, you could get two very good starters on the O line, and that changes everything. If three fifths of your line is good, you can make that work. If you bring in a competent offensive coordinator with a style of football that is, plays well in 2021 and not 1990, that can that changes things. You know, it's all it's funny. You look at all the, the teams that are in the playoffs right now or, or right on the cusp. They got good coaching. You know, like they have innovative offenses. They they have good coaching. The Bengals, Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow missed half a year last year to come in. They Barely upgraded the offensive line, but his offensive system works. He's got good coaching there in a playoff spot. John Harbaugh, the Ravens, they're always in it. The Steelers, like they're a game out. And they suck. So it's just, it's all the Titans. Is anybody really impressed with the Titans? I'm not. Like outside of Derrick Henry, does anything go, wow, the Titans? No. But Mike Vrabel's got the pulse of that team. He puts them in the right position to, to, to win games. And they go out and they win games. Oh, it's almost like coaching matters in the NFL. Who would have thought? Going to DJ now, uh, Judge came, came out today, I want to say, and said the whole thing like, oh, yeah, he wasn't injured behind uh, or before the Eagles game. It's inaccurate, all that stuff. And then now it's supposed to be structured damage with the neck. But Did- how can we believe him? He's lied the entire season. <laughs> nah, you took the words out of my mouth. I can't believe a word the guy says. So <laughs> he, he vehemently said that the, the, the NY Post report – that he hurt the, his neck in the in the Bucks game was completely false. Okay, sure, you could say that, but that that means nothing to me. That means nothing to me. I, I don't know if I, that's true. You have you, you haven't been very you know honest with us since you got here, so I, I'll take that with a grain of salt, Joe. Do you think that the comments though about going back to the good game thing, the good thing offensively, was more for her, him to try and? make the locker room feel better and keep the locker room presence good. Or that was just to save his job and try and like, just, yeah. Like basically make uh Dave Gettleman, and John Mara feel better about themselves. Yeah. I, I would probably say it's a little bit of both. Um, 
you know, you still have five games left. You don't want to lose the locker room in those five games because then you're really out of a job. Uh, so I think he, he tried to do that to keep his player morale a little bit higher um, because there's no way he believed the words that came out of his out of his ass that after that game. So um, I think it's got definitely got a little bit to do with both keeping keeping ownership happy and like okay, just stay the course and making sure his players don't quit for the last five games of the year. And I want to talk about this because like you know it's all over the news. Everyone's talking about it. the Russell Wilson crap. It's I, I I'm gonna be honest. I thought you know, hey, this is this is bull when it came out originally. But then I'm thinking about it. Wouldn't John Mara just eat that up? We got we got Russell Wilson now. We're gonna be because it'll get us instant gratification, right? Oh we'll get, yeah, yep. We'll get into the playoffs, right? We'll get into I would the playoffs so, yep. of Russell Wilson. Yep. But we're not gonna win a Super Bowl with Russell nope. Wilson. Nope. And in two years, we're gonna be in big trouble. Uh-huh. <laughs> but. I, I don't think John Mara sees that far into the future, so it might all work out, and he might pull the trigger. That that's what I was wor- that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, so that's it's all such a good point because I am so on the fence on what I want with all of that. Um, before I woke up this morning, I like when I first heard the report yesterday, I was kind of like all for it. I'm like, oh wow, okay, Russell Wilson, he's an All Pro quarterback. He's a top eight quarterback in football, but we're going to have to leverage our future for maybe a three-year window to win a Super Bowl. And with the roster currently constructed with no offensive line and using those picks to trade for Russell Wilson, you ain't fixing the offensive line. And you have to make some big cuts to some big-time players to fit him under the cap. So I I have kind of swayed off that idea a little bit. But again, I'm not the job. If I, if I get a, if I get a bleacher report, uh, bleacher report notification, the Giants have traded for Russell Wilson. I ain't going to be mad. I'm going to be happy. And then I'll, I'll deal with the ramifications of it another time. Um, but I, I just, from what the Giants are right now, I don't think it's a feasible, smart move. I don't. Not for a third. Now, if you want to, if you're off a of DJ, that's fine. I understand. I get it. New GM doesn't think he's the guy. You could bridge somebody, a Jimmy Garoppolo, a Tyrod Taylor or something like that, and you draft somebody next year. I, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of questions, and that's what sucks about this Daniel Jones injury. You know, before he got hurt, it was the last six, seven games that we were really going to evaluate him with a new offensive play caller and everything like that and see what we'd have going into year four. But it's just not that way, and your best ability is your availability. We were blessed with Eli for 15 years, never missed a game due to injury, and we've missed how many games with Daniel Jones in three years due to injury. So um, it's just all – pardon my French. It's all just such a shit sandwich. It really, really is. It's funny you say that. I was listening to the fan this week, and uh, Evan Roberts said the same thing. Like, or maybe that was him, or like Salicata, one of them. And they were like, "Do you remember who Eli's backup was? Because I don't. Never saw him. Yeah, yeah, you didn't see him. And Daniel Jones. Now we know. Oh yeah, we had Colt McCoy. You know, he was out there. Now he's thriving with the Cardinals when Kyler Murray's injured. We now have Mike Glennon. We have a goddamn third string coming in right now, and Jake Fromm, the fifth round pick, Bills practice squad player. We have uh, whatever his name bouncing back and forth from the practice squad right now. Now he's our third. Lewerke or whatever. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Lewerke. Yeah, thank yeah. you. It's just, it's great. Yeah. It's no, wonderful. it is great. And it's also malpractice on the Giants. How did they ever think in the offseason that Mike Glennon was an upgrade to Colt McCoy? Stupid. I mean, I'm not like, I think they could beat the Dolphins if they had Colt McCoy under center last week. Yeah. Like Mike Glennon, Mike Glennon is that bad. 
Two, Colt McCoy went two and into 12? Two yeah, and 12. Two and 12 is the story. Colt McCoy went into Seattle, a playoff team last year, and beat Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. I, I, it's all crazy to me. I, I just, I never understood that. I, I'm, I'm almost positive they make probably around the same money too. So, and, and what I would say is that Mike Lennon missed some passes that I could literally make. And the it, one it, to John Ross pisses me off so much. So there wasn't 15 yards anywhere near him, and he had time to throw it too. Uh, it's you know, you're driving down the field, and yeah, I like that they take a shot down the field. But to throw it in a double coverage to Darius Slayton with Xavier Howard on him? Like, come on. What are you doing? What are you doing? Stupid <sighs> giraffe-looking idiot. Maybe Luke, maybe the neck length is really messing him up. I don't know. It has to be. It's got to be thrown off his equilibrium or something. There's no other explanation. <laughs> we do have a game on Sunday. Uh, looking towards the Chargers, Mike Williams, Chris Harris on the IR, or the COVID-19 list, whatever you want to call it. Like that's going to make a difference. They still have Keenan Allen on their team, and and many good players on the defensive side of the ball. So we now look at a quarterback that we are going to face that is a starter. That uh, I was listening to the Talking Giants episode. You don't seem to like too much, and Justin Herbert hate him. <laughs> and you know, Alex has a similar feeling. So you guys can share a comparison on that for some reason because I like him as a quarterback. So you can humble me for that. He's just getting too like people are calling him the next like big thing, and he he was a rookie, and now he's a sophomore court. Like, gotta give it. Yeah, he had a few nice games last year, and people are saying like he's the next coming of I don't even know Joe yeah. Montana. Like, no, I, yeah, like I, I think somebody I, I heard like Dan Marino or something because yeah. the arm strength and everything. Uh, well, the Chargers are, are fighting for dear life for a playoff spot. Okay, so I don't want to hear it. I, I I just there's something about him I I never liked. He's a pretty boy. He's I don't want to use the word, but he he's just seems like a baby to me. Didn't come out of the NFL draft because he wanted to play at Oregon with his brother, where he's, he's he, he was like born in Oregon, like ten minutes from the from the campus. I don't know. He just seems like a creep to me, and just I, something about him. I, I I don't like him. Got a great arm, great arm. Don't like him. We'll see how many times he could throw deep against this Giants team. Too many. That I I could see that. I could see that. Um, yeah. But Tua also beat the Giants, and yeah, he's not a good quarterback. So, <laughs> well, you know, with Logan Ryan's comments, he can also throw two yards, right? He can throw two yards. To That's the right another side. thing. Logan Ryan's got to shut his mouth after that game. <laughs> that was one of the. That was atrocious. That that pissed me off more than Leonard Williams saying that the fans shouldn't boo when we're at games. Yeah, that stacks you know? up with that. And like, the, these players have said some stupid things this year. And he's our captain, right? This is like our guy. Like, oh, yeah, Logan Ryan is the guy like we look up to. Right. Giants fans are supposed to. Giants p- uh, players in the locker room. Now this guy is throwing cheap shots at the guy he just lost to. Right. What, that, what is he doing? He's going to go up and down the field. And a lot of those throws, Logan Ryan, you were in coverage. So shut up. Shut up. <laughs> and yeah. I refer I refer to Tua as Tua turned the ball over. But you didn't hear me in the <laughs> recap calling him Tua turned the ball over. <laughs> because it's just not appropriate. He just... Smacked our asses like yep. we're like like you're not gonna say anything. Two yard passes or not two yard passes. We lost. We <laughs> lost him, and now we have goddamn Devonte Parker who has a hard time with injury this season himself, not playing the, the Dolphins wide receiver. Telling uh telling freaking Logan Ryan to take the L because that's where we are right now. Now we're just throwing seventh grade cheap shots back and forth on the football field between the goddamn Giants and Miami Dolphins. That's how low this team is right now. Yeah. We as have if it, Devontae as if, Parker and Logan Ryan in a feud. 
Yep, that's really where we're at. As if it couldn't get any more embarrassing, Logan Ryan has to go out and start this war. It's just, it's nonsensical. I don't even, I don't want to waste another breath talking about Logan Ryan. (laughs) I'm so annoyed with him. I really am. That really, really pissed me off. I mean, speaking of Leonard Williams, I mean, (laughs) I I mean. We've talked about it. It, It's just like, it for how much we're paying him on the contract, this is him and... Don't even get me started with with. He's the third Kenny highest Holiday. defensive paid player this year. I think he's getting paid the third highest behind who is it? Uh, Donald and Donald and, and TJ Matt Watt. I think Wild. behind him. Wild. Yeah, behind those behind those two, he's getting paid the most this year. For what? Crazy. For you know for what? You know how many times I want I I because I have been a strong. I like Leonard Williams, the football player. I do. One, he doesn't even deserve close to what he's making. So that makes me not like him. It's not him on the field. It's his contract that I just can't stand. I so, didn't want to re-sign him either. I, I, in the offseason, I did not right? want to re-sign him. So I, I, and the, the trade itself to get him was even just made it all so much worse. But I, I'm at the point where I have like hated on him for two years now, three years, whatever it's been, that I'm like mainly watching him. And I don't want to hear about the double teams and everything. There's just plays where it looks like he's not even trying. Like that Bucks game, and Justin agreed with me on this, and Justin's obviously like Leonard Williams' biggest fan. Just I was texting him like, can Leonard Williams show an ounce of effort? He's like, yeah, he looks awful tonight. I'm like, yeah, well, this is what you get. And I said this last year. I'm like, he's going to have a great contract year. He's going to get paid, and that's it. He's just going to go back to being a mediocre player. And sure enough, look where we are. And this is it. This is my last point because like you said with uh, with Logan Ryan, I got to stop talking about this whole team. This whole so, team in general, yeah. Finish yeah. us strong. Yeah, this is it. Kenny Galladay. I was going to say don't even start me with Kenny Galladay, but you talked about contracts and so now I got to bring him up. Four years, $72 million. I've been saying the freaking years and length of the contract and how much he's getting paid to not be on the field and when he's on the field not get targeted. I don't care if it's his fault. I don't care if it was Garrett's fault. Well, now Kitchens is here, and it's not making a freaking difference because he's not getting the ball enough still. You were you were saying earlier in the episode, yeah, yeah well, if God is an eight catches, uh, 100 yards game, when the hell is that going to happen? He had one good game, I think it was against the Saints, seven catches for 100 yards, not even, I don't think he had a TD in this game, right, because he still hasn't got his first TD with the Giants yet, and we're in week 14, week 13, whatever. No, I... Josh, I you you sum it up, and I, this is a. I'll take another L on this one. I wanted Kenny Galladay on this team really bad. We needed an alpha wide receiver, and you know this is a guy who has had double digit receiving touchdown seasons, thousand yard seasons. I thought Daniel needed a weapon like that on the outside. You had Shepard, you had Slayton, fine, whatever. You know Shepard's good, doesn't stay in the field. Kenny Galladay has got these little injuries. He's had a hamstring injury in training camp, and it was a knee. Then he gets touched in the ribs, and you would think that they're, he broke all of them and can't breathe. It's just, it's one thing after another. And he's another guy that just, there's plays that it just looks like he's dogging it. You know, where's the fire? It just looks like he's dogging it. I didn't watch like enough Detroit Lions games to know. I, I, he's been on my fantasy team, so I, I can, like, from afar, respect that he was a damn good wide receiver. And we needed a damn good wide receiver. But what we, there was a reason. All the good free agents sign like day one or two, right? They get big deals. They sign day one or two. All the really big. He was the best wide receiver of the free agent class. He didn't sign until like a month after. I guess that's all you really need to know. 
And if you think about it, Devontae Booker, he was signed right on day one and he's turned out to be a mighty good player for us. Yeah. So I guess <laughs> I guess those guys who go day yeah. go earlier are good. Yeah. I, I know he's gonna miss another game, but shout out Dory Jackson's been very good too. So yeah. he's he's a he was a good signing. Um so I'll, I'll give him I'll give him that. But sure. everything else, trash can. What really showed to me with Kenny Galladay is when Mike Glennon threw that interception, there was a chance that Kenny Galladay could have like dove and tackled the, the guy. Oh, yeah, no. And he no. didn't. No. no. And that that was like, all right, I'm done. I've seen what I have to say. And you, and and that, you know what effort it. you know what effort falls under? Lack of coaching. Bingo. Bingo. Bing bong. Bing bong. And also you you'd say I always say don't pay skill position players. I don't like paying wide receivers. I especially don't like paying running backs. And I have a feeling we're going to pay Saquon Barkley despite the injuries because he's just, you know, big name. I I, I don't know what would to be do. A mistake. It would be a mistake. But so was signing Leonard, re-signing Leonard Williams to a long-term deal. So. I don't think we've done anything right in a very long time. <laughs> but okay. you, know we did? you know what we did do right? We previewed the Giants charges in the best way we could, and I had a blast. Thank you, guys. Yes. Yeah, thank you, Snacks. Sure. Alex, all right, let, let's go. Do your score prediction real quick. You'll start off, and then I can go, and Snacks, you can wrap it up. 34-21, Chargers. Wonderful. I'll I, go... I'm going 21 points here. I was just revolutionary say. offense right here. Uh, yeah, no, don't worry, Alex, because I'm, I'm not as excited in that way as you. I'm going to go just around that with, like, I'll give it... Mm, I'll give the Chargers a good 30, and I'll give the Giants a very good... Let's go 12. They'll go four field goals this time the, instead the of 20, three. The 21 is not three touchdowns, by the way. It's seven field goals. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll go 30-12 and give them four field goal snacks. Uh, that's, all right. I'm going to give them I'm gonna give them two touchdowns. I don't know how oh. it's going to happen, but I'm going to go 27-17. I think the defense can li- – they, they've been limiting, you know, offensive touchdowns and explosive plays, which – the Chargers get so I, I'll trust them to hold them under thirty, and I will, I'll give the Giants a miraculous two touchdowns. One of which will probably be from the defense, and then another, uh, they'll throw the ball deep into the end zone, pass interference, one yard line. Glennon will just stick his neck over and get in, uh, and that's the only way they'll score. So I will go twenty-seven seventeen, Chargers. Wonderful. You can go follow Snacks on Twitter at Snacks underscore BDGE. Fade the public and bleeding blue because trust me, you're going to want to hear a lot of Giants history because that's the only positive things we can think about right now. And you can find the Giant Take everywhere, the Giant Take pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all that stuff, YouTube. And um, yeah, follow ja- uh, Alex on Twitter. I said both of our names combined. Alex on Twitter at anorian 23 I'm on Twitter at joshua 29 Again, the Giant Take everywhere. Uh, and we'll see you next time on this unfortunate recap episode that I'm sure it's going to be next time. Alex, Snacks, thank you guys for joining me. And uh, for that, uh, we'll see you next time. Pray for the Giants. Pray for the Giants. (laughs) Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? 
Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.